Hey everyone, welcome back to another Plugged In episode on the CPC Podcast. This Plugged In episode is brought to you by Gravity Student Ministries, the youth ministries of Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We pray that this episode blesses you and challenges you and gives you the answers that you have been looking for for quite some time. I know that this message is going to be anointed and we know that it's going to bless you. So without any further ado, let's get into today's Plugged In episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, these questions are completely anonymous as, as always, so I don't, I don't know who asked these. Um, we're going to start with question number one. I'm going to start with Sister Sarah. Um, question number one, one of you asked, how do I change the atmosphere within my mind at school? So how do I change the atmosphere of my mind it is a good question, at school? Sarah, so, you go ahead and start. To, to whoever asked that question, great question. Uh, and it's, it's actually encouraging to me at least to, to see this question because uh, we've actually talked a lot about this this year, about changing mindsets and mental habits and, and walking in the spirit and focusing on the Lord and uh, being saturated in his presence. And, and it's encouraging to me to see this question because y'all are picking up on, this is, this is the question that comes directly out of all of that. Y'all, y'all are picking up on, on the language that we've been using all year. Um, and so I'll, I'll, give, I'll give an answer that's <laughs> very similar to what I've been saying all year long. Um, it's intentional. If you want your mind, if you want peace and you want your mind to be on God, you wanna, if you want to change the atmosphere of your mind, that tells me that you want to change your mindset. And that's an intentional thing. That's not just going to happen kind of willy-nilly. That's something that you do on purpose. That's the kind of thing where you really need to get some self-awareness and evaluate yourself and say, okay, what are my current mental habits? Um, An example that I've given you guys before, I realized this year that I had the mental habit of creating arguments in my mind and creating fights in my head that had never happened and probably would not ever happen, but, (laughs) but my body does not understand the difference between a fight that I'm having in my brain and a fight that I'm having in real life. And so I was feeling all of the anxiety and all of the, this overwhelming yada yada, all these negative emotions, they were of my own doing because of my own mental habits. So you wanna change the habit of your mind, you wanna change the atmosphere of your mind, change your habits. Think about what you're doing and do something different. Because the truth is, if you do not change what you're doing, you're not gonna change what you're thinking, that's not going to change how you feel, and nothing will change. You have to change your walk, right? I, I talked about that a few months ago. You have to change your walk. Something has to be different, uh, your, and your walk determines your mindset. So if you want to change your mind, change your walk. Y'all read up in Galatians 5 and 16 where it talks about walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Now this is, this is spirit with a big S, so not my spirit, not your spirit, but walk in his spirit. And on a practical level, what does that mean? That means that I'm reading my Bible, even when it's hard. That means that I'm praying. That means that I'm listening to worship music, all these things that y'all already know how to do. If you're not already doing these things, change what you're doing. 
change what you set your mind on, and that will change the atmosphere of your mind. That will change your attitude. That will change how you feel and how you behave. That's it. All right. So I'm not going to address any of that because she's already spoken about all those things that I wrote down, which is perfect. No, it is. No, it's perfect. But uh, anyway, I, I will speak on this. The elders of our generation, um, the previous generation, probably even before that, your grandparents would kill for the knowledge that we have access to today, would kill to be in this setting that you're in. If they knew what we know now, back then, they would be leaping with joy Mm -hmm. because knowledge back then was very hard to come by. They had to research it, get on their knees, pray, read their Bible, and research Whereas we can just look it up on YouTube or we can read a book or we can listen to Brother David or Sister Sarah. And with that blessing, we, you would think would be better than the previous generation. But this generation has an issue with not learning things, not learning new things. We learn everything. Education's not the problem. It's application. Mm-hmm. And we have a problem applying read your Bible. We have a problem applying pray and fast. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue that our generation faces. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, we, we think learning it is enough, but we actually have to perform. We actually have to do the thing that we're being, that's being preached over the pulpit or that's being taught in this classroom. So we do need to read our Bible. We do need to stop listening to worldly music. We do need to spend time with the Lord, pray, fast. These are all things we already know to do. We just need to apply them. Mm-hmm. I have a scripture here in Romans. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that's that word renewing. That's that's daily. So you was made new, but now it's a renew. So you have to understand if your mindset's wrong and it doesn't line up to the word of God, it's time for a renewing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we need to keep that in the back of our minds. Hey, I got stinking thinking as elders would say, let me renew my mind. Let me Mm -hmm. pray about this. Let me fast Mm -hmm. about this. Let me seek the throne of God and speak in tongues and receive the Holy Ghost once again. Mm. That is okay. That's good. That's good. Great stuff. Um, there's a quote that says that if you hang around dogs long enough, you'll get fleas, right? So, so when you hang around dogs, right, when you hang around people that do a certain thing, your mind tends to start acting or thinking the way the group you associate with thinks or acts, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, because if you hang around dogs long enough, you're going to get the fleas. Um, So this question was about school you ought to take a look at the people you're talking to at school and the people you're associating with at school and that will give you a very clear indication of 
where your mind's at. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- w- we have to know, I mean, we have to be aware of the fact that the, 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 the external circumstances around us is going to dictate the internal circumstances within us. And so when we have that, that scripture, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. So transformed means that you're going to change forms, mm-hmm. transforming into something else. So you, you cannot be the same person you were before you came to God or before you said, I'm going to get closer to God and expect to be closer to God Mm -hmm. because that's not how it works. You have to not be conformed and then you have to transform, which means you're going to have to do some changing. Mm -hmm. So if your mind is cluttered with things of the past or things that you are trying to get away from, you might should look around you and be like, I know I said I'm going to get closer to God this year, but are the people I'm with wanting to get closer to God? Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then I'm just going to be held back by them. Mm -hmm. Now, we have to still love them and reach for them, but the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the group is going to be. Um, there was a quote that said that Jesus had a picnic with 5,000, prayed in the garden with 12, but at Calvary, he only had, what, two? Or one? So, so, so the closer you get to the cross... The closer you get to him, you might have a smaller group of friends. But the benefits of getting to the cross Mm -hmm. is going to far outweigh the loss of the people that's holding you back. So you have to make that choice within your own Mm -hmm. mind. Correct. Absolutely. All right, so let's go to the next question here. Um, this one's kind of interesting to me. Um, one of you asked, "Did God create? Um, did God make Adam and Eve uh, like as adults? Mm-hmm. Um, did God create Adam and Eve as adults or kids?" Which is kind of interesting to me because I'm like, "Huh, mm-hmm. that—that's <laughs> a pretty good question." So I'm going to start with Taylor because I started with Sarah last time. So did God create Adam and Eve as adults or did God create them as kids? All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and answer it and say my scriptures later. Uh, God did create Adam and Eve as adults. If you start in Genesis, the first chapter, verse 16, it says, God said, let us make men in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. If we jump to 
Genesis chapter 2, mm-hmm. uh, verse 8, it says, And the Lord uh, God planted a garden eastward of Eden, where he put the man whom he had formed. Mm-hmm. So God formed the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Verse 18, And the Lord, set, Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Right? Then we move to verse 21. And the Lord caused him to fall into a deep sleep upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed it up, the flesh inside thereof. And the rib which the Lord God taketh from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She is called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So God created Adam and Eve as adults. Sir? I mean, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> so the, the end scriptures that Brother Taylor was reading, this is now bone of my bone and, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Um, this, this relationship between Adam and Eve is marriage. Yeah. This is the picture of godly marriage. This is the first union of man and woman. Obviously, that would not happen with children. So I'm gonna say they were adults when this <laughs> happened, because we don't we don't expect a, a a boy to to cleave unto a girl like that. That's that's weird. No, these were adults. This this was a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And in the same way that that Adam and Eve is the is is a marriage. The the relationship that Christ has with the church, like that's. That's a that's a married relationship in and of itself, right? They're they're kind of uh, types and shadows of one another. Um, now, if you read on after they were kicked out of the garden and after all of the all the curses came on them, uh, it was at that point that the two became one and Eve conceived. And if I remember correctly, the scripture says that Adam lived. He was 130 years old when they had their first kid, when uh, Cain, mm-hmm. that, that was the first one, Cain, yeah. So Adam was 130 years old. Now, now don't, don't be astonished at that because this was back in the day when men used to live a thousand long years. Long time. Like <laughs> this was before really God shortened time. the lifespan of man during, during Noah's time. Um, so I definitely, I would say adult. I, I don't know what else to add to that really. <laughs> No, um, but it is a good question. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, uh, th- that was a great question. Um, the only other th- thing that I would add w- was th- th- that if you read on, uh, the Bible says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, and he talked about things, and, and like, they th- conversed about whatever they whatever they talked about but uh but like also when he when adam and eve sinned um they were ashamed from their naked as the bible has and like when i think about it you know when you're a kid 
you know, you're kind of naive to that whole thing about that kind of thing. But when you're an adult, you're like, we need to put some clothes on. Right. 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 Oh, like, you know, you can kind of read in between the lines and be like, they're adults here. Well, Um, and and, and step it back even when, um, when Adam was first created and was first put into the garden, he was put into the garden to tend it. to take care of of it, to name all of the animals. Like, immediately Adam had a job to do. (laughs) And and I mean, well, yeah, get get to work, basically. Um, Don't be idle, uh, but you're not going to do that with a kid, right? Um, So I would say that's that's another argument for for them being, being created as adults and not necessarily created as children. Now, but you could say, oh, they were created as children. They grew up in the garden, and and okay, sure, fine, whatever. Maybe so. Like, but, I, definitely, yeah. definitely by the time that I believe they were created as adults, and definitely by the time that they were kicked out of the garden, they were at the age of accountability, so they were adults at the very least sure. by that point. Awesome, awesome. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to jump to the next one, uh, which is a very, very crucial question Ooh. to me and to all of us up Ooh. here. Um, important. Needs important. Why is the youth group named Gravity? Somebody asked it. Somebody asked it. Why is the youth group? Why is the youth group named Gravity? There's a reason for it. Because space is cool. That is the main reason. Why we, yes. Great job, Trent. Great job, Trent. Oh, but, Sister Sarah, why is the youth group named Gravity? Okay, well, okay. I I was not original to this youth group. I was not here when it was named Gravity. I do have my own take, but I would like to hear How from... How we skip yes, you then? I would like to hear from the Brother OGs Taylor, first. why is the youth group named Gravity? <laughs> okay, so more of a practical answer, and then I'll get into all the other stuff. So it was named Gravity because it was between two names back when we were in the youth group. It was between Anchored and Gravity. The boys had picked, right, the boys had picked Gravity, the girls picked Anchored. The reason why, (laughs) and the girl, and there was, there was more guys than there was girls. So Gravity, Gravity won. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so now I will say the reason why it was named, the reason why the girls wanted anchored is because they wanted to wear this inch, a shirt with the, with an anchor on it. On it. it was a fashion thing, and they wanted to wear this frocket or whatever it was. Nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah, and so gravity was born. The guys got together, and we won. So just wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> so it's a lot cooler but now getting into the more spiritual about the name so i got a i got uh john twelve thirty two. if i be lifted up i will draw all men unto me and then i also have the lord's prayer it's part of the lord's prayer it says will 
my kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if God is lifted up, he's going to draw all men unto him. And that's what we do at gravity. When we lift up Jesus, it's a drawing. He's going to draw all men unto him. That's what gravity does. It's a force. Mm -hmm. And it brings everyone to the center to where Jesus is. Jesus is at the center of this youth group and this church. So gravity brings things together. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is bringing us together. And as a body, we are serving the Lord in that way. Um, I went ahead and looked up definitions of two forces. And y'all might know these in science class, and I'm going to mispronounce them. Uh, Centrifugal force is a force on an object that is moving in a a circle away from the center of the circle. Mm -hmm. It moves it away, Mm -hmm. okay? But we are a centripetal force and act on an object that moves things to the center. Mm -hmm. And and to let y'all understand this, I have a visual that y'all might can see. I have a merry-go-round. And have y'all ever played on a merry-go-round? I didn't want to just say it because I didn't think y'all played on one. So anyway, uh, if you're on the outside of the merry-go-round and it goes around and around and around and around, you're holding on for dear life and you're about to die. Uh, and, uh, but it's so much fun living on the edge, right? 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 So much fun. Right? So, so, but if you get in the middle of the merry-go-round, right, it's safer. The the closer you get to the center, the safer you are. The closer you get to Jesus, the safer you are on that merry-go-round. And that's why we are gravity. Um, gr- gravity, we're called gravity um, to get close to Jesus, and Jesus is at the center of everything that we do here. Our hangouts, Jesus is centered, okay? Our Plugged-in services, Jesus is at the center. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is intentional to keep Jesus at the center, even in the church van. <laughs> even in the church van. Yes. And if we're, not, if we're not living up to that, we're no longer gravity. <laughs> we're actually doing the opposite. We're doing the centrifugal force. If we're not keeping Jesus at the center of everything, even our lives, we're doing the opposite. We're, we're the centrifugal force. We're moving away from the center. But we need to be the opposite of that. We need to be the centripetal force, keeping everything in the center where it's safe. The closer you are to Jesus, the safer you are. Mm. If you ever notice when you're going through something or a situation and you're like, well, I'm, going, I'm having a bad day. I don't need to go to church. No, that's the time where you need to be at church because where you are matters. Where you are matters. Keeping, coming to church during the times of trouble is where you need to be because that's close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. That's good. Um, uh, there has been countless, uh, there has been countless times where, where I will come to plugged in, like burdened down, like something happened to me throughout my day. But when I come to Plugged In and we start having a move of God, all that worry goes away, all that stress. In that moment, I'm not even thinking about whatever it was that I was thinking about. Right. Why does that happen? Because we are moving closer towards the center. Mm-hmm. And so, and so when you're on that merry-go-round, and you're on the edge, and you're stressed out, and you're holding on for dear life, and the world is spinning at 200 miles an hour, and you're like, ah, you know? 
if you can f- muster up the strength, like, like, like I know it's hard, and, and, and you're burdened down, and you have just all kind of obligations, schedules, and, like, we are crazy people, and I mean, we just, we have to go, 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 right? But, but if, we, if we can try our best, we're on the edge of this merry-go-round, pull ourselves to the center, get to church, get to plugged in, be here right now, and everything that we're doing right now in this service, mm-hmm. we are trying our best to get to the center. We're trying to be true gravity. Right. True gravity is 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 moving somewhere down. So I actually preached a message years ago. Right there, I mean, I called it true gravity. I mean, I actually have it up right here. So the definition of gravity is a force that attracts a body towards. The the center or the earth or towards any other physical body of mass. So if I take this pen and we know that the center of the earth is under us, it's miles and miles and miles below us. But if I took this pen and I even threw it up in the air, we know it's going to go down, right. right? Why is that? Because this pen is trying its hardest to get as close to the center of the earth as it can get. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's things that's stopping it, but it will always go down. It, will all, it, it doesn't matter how much I try to stop it from going back down. I could throw it a thousand miles in the air, and it's going to come back down. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it wants to get to the center. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the main reason why we're called gra- gravity is... We are trying to get you in the mindset with this transforming of the mind and all this stuff. We're trying to get you in the mindset of regardless of how far the world tries to keep us away from the center, we're going to get back down to the center. We're going to try our best to get as close to Jesus as we can. Regardless of how far the world tries to push us away, we're going to get back down to the center. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're called gravity. So just in case you didn't know, there's your history lesson for today. Helium is not gravity. It makes you float away. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but okay. All right, guys. So so that is actually all of our questions. So she wanted I mean, to hear I, from us. I do have, oh, I do have something to add. Yeah. Go ahead, add something. So, You're next, I promise. Okay. So from, from my perspective, uh, our generation, we're, we're old gravity, right? Yeah. And I, I, came in, I came in on the tail end. Wait a minute. We're OG gravity. Right. We're, not, we're not old. Old gravity. <laughs> Original gravity. Don't be afraid of your age, David. We're old gravity. Uh, <laughs> And I came, in, I came in on the tail end of old gravity. And old gravity had, it, had a measure of it. But y'all's generation of gravity has it in abundance. And that, and that is unity. Like, your group has such unity. Not, not only 
are you keeping the main thing the main thing? You're keeping Jesus at the center, but you are pulling each other toward that center. It's not just about, oh, I have to worship God. It's no, I'm going to help my brother and sister worship God too. It's not just about, I'm going to read my Bible. It's no, I'm going to start a Bible study and I'm going to link up with my friends and we're going to we're going to study about the Lord together. We're going to reach God together. There is such a unity in this youth group. And it's really, truly, it's, it's special. <laughs> and I, I really, really mean that. That is so special. Um, y'all are pulling each other toward God. As, and, and, and the thing about unity, like, it's the, the force of it is exponential, right? So, you know, one of you heading in one direction, you can only, you know, pull so much weight. But when, when more people start jumping on board, all of a sudden, y'all can do some really incredible things. You've got some real force and some real power behind you. And that's what this group is. And, you know, any, anything with mass has gravity, right? And the larger the mass of an object, the more gravity it has, the stronger the pull. The more that you guys come together as a group, with Jesus at the center, the more that you bring your friends in and that you take care of one another and help each other to live for God, the more pull you have in your world, the more influence that you guys have downstairs. You guys have influence downstairs. Y'all Y'all are talking about changing the atmosphere of your mind. Did you know that you can change the atmosphere of a church service? Just with the people up here, you can change the entire direction and atmosphere of a whole church service. Why? Because you have unity. Because you are in one mind and in one accord. That is the power of gravity. That is the power that you guys have. That's it. Yeah. Um, so th- the original gravity. Um, Old gravity. <laughs> We had, so, that's right, B-Ray. You're looking good, B-Ray. Wait, we're the same age, B-Ray. What you talking about? We're close. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, But, but, uh, the old gravity, we had... We had what, like twenty six in the youth group at one point. But watch this though. But watch this, guys. R- right now, we have probably around fifteen to sixteen. But here's the thing: we have ten less. Okay, but this sixteen is more unified than our almost 30 ever was. So, so you don't have to have a giant youth group, which would be cool and all, but, but, but the, the most important thing is this. When we come to, to plugged ins or a church service, when we are all just consumed with, with the presence of God, that's more important than having a hundred here and nothing Amen. happen. Amen. But when we have ten here and every person's life gets touched in a service, that's all I care about. Yeah. Because we are making 
making progress towards growth in the kingdom of God and not growth in numbers. And growth in the kingdom will take you so much further than growth in numbers. So, so we might not have a huge group, but we have a powerful group. And, 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 and we are really, really powerful guys. Um, okay, so th- that is all of our questions that I have. We have a few more minutes. So what I want to offer right now um, is Trent. Will, yes, he's been patient. Trent, go ahead and say something. Yes! <laughs> I love it! That's the spark, ladies and gentlemen. The spark finally arrived. I love it. I love it. Okay. How if. How if you are not. You are not shy about asking a question in front of everybody. We want to open the floor for you to ask us any question, and we will try our best to answer you um, because we have a few minutes here, and we can kind of spark some conversation around the room. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Okay, guys, we have a question. Uh, Ask the question in the mic. In the mic. That's the podcast mic. You need it. So is, is heaven is it going to be in a, di- in a different dimension, or is it going to be the same dimension after all of it's done with, like after, after the rapture? Okay, so the question was, whenever heaven comes down, will it be in this dimension? Or will it be in another dimension? So, so like a dimension um, is like a different reality. Correct. Sure. Yes. Okay. Reel it in, guys. Reel it in. Reel it in. Reel it in. Reel it in. There was a hush in Okay, so, so like if you look at the Bible, um, the Bible says that the eastern sky will, will split, mm-hmm. and heaven, well, and Jesus will ride in on a cloud, all that good stuff. So I think that is going to actually take place in this reality. The trumpet will sound, this big loud trumpet sound. The eastern sky is going to split in two, and Jesus will return. That's what the Bible says. Well, it is kind of scary to think about, but. Does anybody else have something they want to add to? I mean. I mean, as far as that goes, I do, I do believe that it's going to be in this dimension, that that's going to take place. And I do think it's going to be in our lifetime, just based off 
on how the world's going. Uh, okay. So. Well, okay. So I definitely think that all all of those end time prophecies, that all the things that they're talking about, that's going to happen in this dimension because that's the dimension that we live in. Like that's we're bound to this earthly dimension. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so like. So, like, it wouldn't happen anywhere else. But the question is, is heaven going to be in this dimension or in another? And honestly, we're going to be a totally new creation. We're going to be, we're not going to be in this, like, fleshly prison anymore. We're going to be in a glorified body. So it could be in a different dimension. I don't know. As long as I'm with the Lord, it doesn't matter what dimension I'm in. But... New but as, as far as, uh, you know, New Jerusalem, it's supposed to come down. New Jer Jerusalem will be in Jerusalem yes. on earth, yes. And there will, there will be a new earth Correct. that is created. Correct. Uh, it's the sky the towards the east. east. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sky is going to go, right? <laughs> Okay. Did that answer your question? Or all right. Reagan, you had a question. Okay. Does anybody else have a question? You're next, B. Ray. Will we have our memories? So the Bible talks about that he's gonna he's gonna wipe away all of our tears. Some, some, people, some people read that, and they say he's going to wipe our memories, all the things that make no. us sad. Um, some, people, some people read that and say, well, we're going to retain our memories, but he's going to wipe away the sorrow that's, uh, that's connected with it. Uh, we I, actually talked about this in the first, uh, first panel discussion. Mm -hmm. Um Yes. The f oh, I wasn't here for that one. I just wanted this part. Um, so the question was, will we know our families in heaven? Um, and this is a rather, rather complicated question uh, because some say yes and some say no. Um, but, but, you can look at accounts in the Bible whenever, whenever Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again. The Bible says that his disciples saw him in his new body inside the, the room, and they knew him. Mm -hmm. So... Will we know people who died? Um, and I think we will. But, but, but the Bible also says that you won't have any hurt in heaven or pain in heaven. Oh, if you knew that your aunt or grandpa or cousin wasn't there with you and, and was in hell, right. you'd be heartbroken about it. Mm -hmm. But there's no, 
but there's no heartbreak in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. Mm-hmm. So I think that you will recognize the ones that made it and you will have no clue of the ones who didn't. I agree with that because part of the torture of heaven, so um, the Bible talks about that there's a, there's a, a chasm, there's a great chasm between heaven and hell. Sea and of glass. The sea of glass. People in hell can look up and see the people in heaven. That's part of the torture of hell is that you can see the people who are in paradise. And I, and I fully believe that the people who are in paradise, who are in heaven, are not able to see. You can't. You can't. Mm-mm. Uh, I have a slightly different answer. I fully believe, I fully believe that she will know. I fully believe that you will know the people, not because I want to be the devil's advocate here, but, oh, but, but I, I kind of do. So, so, so the story of the rich man and Lazarus, yeah. Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom and uh, rich man goes to hell. Mm-hmm. And they're actually uh, speaking to one another across this great gulf. And they absolutely do know each other during this instance. And it's a, um, it's a play-by-play story. Jesus is quoting this, um, telling this play-by-play story, and he's asking him to, he's asking Lazarus if he would raise Lazarus up from the dead and talk to his brethren mm-hmm. um, so that, and warn them not to go to hell and to, to live right. And, and uh, he says, um, well, no, that they're not going to listen. They have the prophets. They have Moses. They have the church. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be spreading the good news. There's not going to be an excuse Mm-hmm. to not make it to heaven. Even people that are in our surrounding communities that know nothing about the Lord, there's churches available. There's, there's right. uh, like I said earlier, there's, ac- there's more access to the Lord than, than never before. There's mm-hmm. Bibles are sold, best-selling book. Mm-hmm. There's books that are sold. There's YouTube. There's, po- yeah, podcasts. Yeah. There's access to the gospel. There's no excuse not to live for God. Yeah. Literally none. Right. But as far as the heaven question, I do think that we're going to know our people in hell and okay. the people who made it to didn't make it. I think we're going to because yeah. God's going to wipe away our tears. Right. You bring up a super good point about the rich man and Lazarus, but I think that's getting into semantics. So you're okay. You're, we're going to get to your question. Be in right. in that pause. instance, we're talking about hell, not the lake of fire, not the final destination, but hell. And we're talking about Abraham's bosom, not heaven, the final destination, Abraham's bosom. So yes, I mean obviously there's some said there's some back and forth between hell and Abraham's bosom. Okay, that's that's biblical. You're right. But I believe that once all the seals have been broken open, like they talk about in Revelation, and when the the beast is cast into the pit, like when everything is sealed, signed, done, closed off, that gulf is going to be closed off, and we're not going to be able to communicate anymore because everyone who didn't make it will be in the lake of fire, the final destination. Mm. And we will have made it to heaven, the final destination for us. And the gulf between those two is impassable. You know, um, the only way that you could communicate with someone in the lake of fire and not have pain or heartache for that person, because there's no pain in heaven, as, as it said. Like, like, 
Jesus would have to somehow give you a superpower to not care. But 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 that could also have been a one-off though, because like when when the Old Testament when the witch brings up the spirit of Samuel, um, because uh, the the Saul Saul had uh, gone to the witch to bring up the, the spirit of the prophet Samuel because he didn't know what to do about his kingdom, and even the witch was like, oh my God. When the spirit of Samuel came up and was like, why'd you disturb me? Yeah. I mean, that could have, been, could have been kind of a one-off situation where the Lord allowed that to happen. That's, That's not generally what happens, but the Lord allowed it to happen in that instance. Sure. I, just, I, don't, I don't know. V-Ray, your turn. <laughs> okay. I love it. What's up? <laughs> yes, they are. They are smart. They are smart. We have prepared them for this moment. Go ahead, be right. Go for it. I was gone left. That was a wrap. Right. So I feel like if I was part of a group like y'all, I would have went down a more safer path. So in other words, my question to y'all, have you ever just really thought about what gravity means to you or where you would be without it? Oh, wow. 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 I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all that we were going to get deep, and there it was. Why is gravity, what does gravity mean to you? Well, and why is it important to you? Well, it's important to me because if I wasn't a part of this, I would still be like antisocial. Like I wouldn't be like how I am today. I, and if, with, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be as close as I am in my ministry mm. and all that. So mm-hmm. like, that's why it's important. And I don't, I can't answer now. Wow, that's awesome. What about you guys over here? What what is why is gravity so important to y'all? I would be a cursing like sailor. Oh, I, I, feel like. <laughs> I, I feel like I would be like cursing, don't care about anything, don't care about school. I'd rather either drop out or like not go down to the sunset. Yes. 
and say, it's not that. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Hey, thank you for asking that question, actually, because that was really cool. And that's the best way to end panel discussions for 2023. That was the perfect ending. On behalf of Gravity Student Ministries, thank you so much for checking out today's Plugged In episode. If you're ever in the Centerpoint, Louisiana area and you want to come check out one of our services in person, we have them every Wednesday night, 7.05 p.m. in the Upstairs Youth Sanctuary at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We would love to have you be a part of us. In the meantime, though, hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you on the next Plugged In episode. See you later.